You're listening to Swipe East, Swipe West, where we dive into the dating differences from coast to coast. I'm your host, Ashley Davis. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Swipe East, Swipe West, the dating and culture podcast focusing on differences around the globe. I'm your host, Ashley, and you can find us on Instagram at Swipe East, Swipe West. And thank you all for coming back. Sad to report, this is going to be the last episode of 2021. Womp womp. I know, I'm sure you're all very sad, but on the plus side, for anyone new here or for anyone that has not caught up on the first half of season two, now you have plenty of time over the holidays uh, to catch up and binge all of the episodes we've had. Tons of them so far covering a wide range of cities from Italy to Milwaukee to Hawaii. So uh, now when you're traveling to your parents' house or your loved ones or wherever you're going, you have something to listen to in the car. So there you go. And also wanted to take the time to thank everyone that is listening and has supported me so far and from any point in the journey, from the beginning to the middle to if you're brand new here and you're like, what the fuck is this podcast? Let me check it out. I appreciate all of you, honestly, from the bottom of my heart. Like I I think for anyone that's been with me knows like I have a full-time job and I do this on the side and literally like after work, I work on this podcast. So um, put a lot of time and energy and record everything myself, find guests, edit. I do the best I can. So I really appreciate everyone that listens, that shares. I know I was in some people's number one or number two for one person and you know who you are. Um, Hopefully we can change that. Um, Spotify wrapped. So um, yeah, it really means a lot. And what would even mean even more is if you continue to tell your friends, continue to share, go to the Apple podcast store and uh, give me five stars and a review hopefully a positive one, because this will only grow if you tell people how much you love this podcast and continue to listen and spread the word. That's really what happens with these things. And if you don't think this podcast is worth five stars, DM me and tell me what will make it five stars because I always like to improve. And if there's like a city you want to be covered, different topics that you want to hear about, if you want to be a guest, I'm always looking for guests. If you have a friend that you think would be a great guest, please DM me and let me know. I'm always looking for new people to come on, share their perspectives. I think I've gotten some feedback that, you know, that people were happy to see more men this season. That was something I was trying to do. Um, you know, I've been looking for more people in the LGBTQ plus community, been looking for more people of color. You know, I've been trying to find, you know, also people that aren't in major cities, um, you know, uh, some cities that might be considered quote off the beaten path. So, I'm trying to find people though. Like that's the hardest part, right? I need people to raise their hand and be willing to talk about these things. And you can be anonymous. Like if that's what you're worried about, maybe I can't change your voice because there's only so much I can I can personally do with technology, but I can change your name. So <laughs> that's a possibility. Any um, but anyways, uh definitely feel free to please reach out. Thank you all again. Like really means a lot. And this is not the end of season two. So this is just a break. You know, the holidays are coming, giving everyone a chance, like I said, to catch up, giving me a break to get ready for the spring and to get some more amazing people and stories and cities for all of you. Um, So that's really what this is. So we'll be back in 2022 unless, of course, something crazy pops up and a mini sewed or a special needs to happen, in which case that will come up for you. And uh, you'll hear about that on my Instagram, which you all should follow again at Swipey Swipe West. Anyways, this is my mid-season reflections, thoughts, 
just on everything we've covered so far, not everything actually, just some a few topics that I feel like that were touched on. And I kind of wanted to dive in a little bit deeper just on a personal level and reflect on. Uh, I'm not going to go through every single city. We covered a lot of cities, like I mentioned, all across the U.S., um, you know, some international across the pond. Um, So definitely listen to all of them. You know, everyone has their own unique perspective and thoughts on and on some topics that we cover, you know, a couple times um, and some different topics that are unique to that specific person. And that's another thing, too, like every city we don't only have to cover once. So if you live in New York and you know, Jack Moody came on and I know some people had some different thoughts on some of his perspectives, but if you have another perspective living in New York, or maybe you are in a different type of um, environment, come on and talk about it and share that. So um, that's another thing to keep in mind as well. Anyways, yeah, I just wanted to share some things that stood out to me this season. So jumping right into it, I think One thing that I wanted to talk about that came up a lot, starting from very early on with Alexis's episode about comparing London, um, dating in London to LA, and then all the way up as recently as Rhiannon's episode in Italy, so all the way even in Europe, is standards of beauty and how people are viewed, especially women, differently in terms of dating and how social media may play into that. So in Alexis's episode, we talk about like in LA, like there's a lot of pretty privilege and you're definitely judged, you know, whether you leave your house without makeup on. And if you have plastic surgery, I think dependent also on your area. Again, like I live in Long Beach, it's very laid back. You don't see a lot of the heavy plastic surgery like you would maybe in West Hollywood, like I said in one of my uh, story times, I literally went to a restaurant that I saw people with who looked like they had pillow face filter. <laughs> um, not to be, I'm not being mean, like, but it's literally just what they looked like and like nothing against them. Like that's just what they wanted to do with themselves. Um, but I think there's definitely a shift that's changing where like back when I was growing up in 90s, early 2000s, like plastic surgery, it wasn't like a bad word, but it was kind of, it was not common, I guess. It was just not a common thing to do. You know, you kind of needed some sort of like rationale when you were like explaining it. You were, it was almost like you had to hide it. Like, oh, I got a nose job because I have a deviated septum, or she got a nose job because like her parents bought it for her type of thing. Like, someone got a boob job. It was kind of like some weird token, at least among like women. I know some men do get plastic surgery. Like I know there's like the, that Ken doll that everyone talks about and that's kind of, it's just not as common, but it happens. Right. Whereas I feel like nowadays everywhere, but especially more prominent in LA, like almost everyone gets plastic surgery and it's just like more commonplace. Like, Oh, like you have lip filler, you have lip filler. You don't have lip filler. Like, that's weird. Like, it's weird that you don't have lip filler. Like, it's it's switched. Um, it's completely changed. And I don't know when exactly that paradigm shifted. And I don't know if it is because with social media now, there are all these, like, filters available where you can completely change your face to look a certain way. Um, there's apps like Facetune, which Rhiannon and I talked about, where you can also change your face 
You can change your hair. You can change your body. You can change everything about yourself and post it for likes. And when people do that and you're changing how you look and you see, oh, when I change my body and my face and my hair, I'm getting a hundred more likes than when I post what I actually look like. You know, I can see how someone might go out and spend thousands of dollars on plastic surgery. So it's just it's just interesting to kind of see that shift in society and culture. And uh, like I said with Rhiannon, like I do think there are some instances where there are some people who genuinely are like, I want to get my lips done because I'm super insecure and upset about it. And I just want like a little tiny bit done. Just it makes me feel better about myself or same with their nose or I want my boobs bigger because it makes me feel more womanly. Things like that, you know, which is not as extreme as the people out there completely changing their face, then getting like a Brazilian butt lift and a boob job, and they're a completely different person. Or you see the people even, again, like on socials, wearing filters, and I keep seeing all these reels pop up who say, and they're saying like, oh, I wish I looked like this with this filter. I wish I looked this way. Like, oh, I like I look so much better. And in those cases, like, you know, if that's what you want to do, like it's your body, your body, your choice. <laughs> but I just feel bad for the I just feel bad. I feel genuinely bad. Um, because I I do think in those cases they're doing them because I don't and I don't fully know. It's because, you know, maybe that's what they think a partner, whether it's of the same sex or opposite of sex, thinks is more attractive because now this is what they're seeing in all these Instagram photos plus the magazines. Because back in the day, the problem was magazines, right? Like airbrush photos. We don't want airbrush photos anymore. Like we're seeing these models and that's not what they actually look like. And there was this fight against magazines, you know? Now we as people, as individual consumers, are doing this to ourselves. (laughs) Like, yes, these filters are technically on the app available to us, but people are creating and uploading them. And then we are choosing to use them over what we actually look like. And then some people, again, are taking it so far to go out and pay money to change their entire selves to be more attractive and potentially doing that to gain a certain partner. And I don't think that helps because like I know my myself, I've personally gotten very upset when I've been out and see these guys just random guys like talking to these girls who are very done up. And I, you know, I, I don't know if they have work done. I don't know them, but just like, you know, again, like the contour, perfect, everything that, you know, talking to them and I'm just like left behind or even on social media, like guys that maybe I like, they're only liking those types of girls photos. And it's, it took a long time for me to realize, like, if that's the type of girl that you're going for, Again, nothing against these girls, but I'm not that girl and I shouldn't be with these guys. And I think it's hard for people to understand that, especially at like a younger age. And even me, I'm 30 and it's hard for me sometimes. So I think it's it's just interesting to see this shift and how people are reacting to it. And I think a lot of people are very much blaming social media is the problem. Social media is the problem. And like I kind of said in Rihanna's episode, like, is social media the problem? Or are we the problem? Social media is not making us use the filters. We're using the filters. 
we're uploading the filters. Sometimes we're not even using filters. We're using Facetune. That's a completely separate app. Like I said, I've literally watched people use it. So who's the problem? If filters went away on Instagram, I guarantee people would still find a way to edit their photos. You know, so that was just something I wanted to address because I think it has come up a lot in a few of these episodes about pretty privilege because even like I feel like I see certain thing like images and stuff promoted a lot more than you know people that don't wear makeup and things like that and I see it in real life like how people are treated and how people change themselves because they think they need to match this new standard of beauty that I don't like I said I don't even know where it came from and you know whether or not that's directly correlated to feel attractive in their inner self or by someone else I can't you know I can't confirm I can't speak to someone else I feel like it probably is but it's just kind of crazy to me um so that's something I wanted to to talk about and I and I hope that it changes and I hope I hope it doesn't perpetuate because no one's going to look like themselves and then they're going to have kids popping out that don't look like mommy and daddy just because their mommy and daddy paid however much to to change their face completely. Again, like it's, I think it's different. Nothing's wrong also. Like if you do what you want to do, but it's just, I think when you're completely paying money to change everything about yourself, like I think that's just a little bit extreme and I I don't know, it's kind of upsetting to, to me personally versus something a little, just something more subtle, but teach their own, I guess. Yeah. And stemming off that too, I think one thing that I've been seeing pop up a lot is like this concept of like pick me girls, which is like when a girl is like, oh, like I don't wear makeup. I hang out with boys. And I'm sure people listening to this sometimes probably identify me as a pick me girl, even though I don't know, maybe I'm, uh, maybe I don't fully know what it is, but I feel like I'm probably sounding a little bit like that. And I resent that, you know, I resent this whole pick me girl thing. Like, can people just stop? Like, can we stop just like making these, these like concepts for women? Like, where are the pick me guys? Like, what is a pick me guy? Where is that? Does that exist? Like, why do we have to just like create these different like constructs and boxes of women that they need to fit into just because someone's different? Because someone like does wear makeup because someone doesn't wear makeup. That's why I keep trying to, you know, I have my opinions, obviously, but I'm trying to say like, if you wear contour, fine, like that's not for me, but fine. If I don't wear makeup and fine, like who cares? Like, why do we have to keep putting people in a box? It just brings everyone down. And then it lets other people bring you down or other people down. So wanted to put that out there too, in case anyone listening thinks I'm a pick me girl. I do not think I am, but who knows? Could be wrong about that too. Anyways, I feel like I'm ranting, so I'm going to move on. Also, the age conversation that... Rhiannon and I had in our last episode as well. Yeah, I mean, I just thought that that was really interesting to me about age gaps in relationships because when I was really young, like fresh out of school, moved to Philly. So I was 22. I was like briefly, briefly involved with this 45 year old. I wouldn't even say involved. I think that's a strong word in this instant. I would say it was a fling, not even a fling. It was very like, it was a th- whatever it was. And <laughs> he was like equivalent to like a 17 year old, like honestly, just a total disaster. I don't even know why I got involved in that. And I think like my rude awakening was like he had kids close to my age. And I was just like, no, like I'm not doing this. Like this is a mistake. 
uh, I can't like, this is too much for me. I'm way too young to, to be with him. And it just kind of fizzled out anyway. But then again, on the flip side, like I was saying about my trip in Ojai, my friend Sam and I met this guy who was 26 and he had dated, he told us he had dated older women, like around 40. So a little bit smaller, but similar ish age gap. And he, I thought was like significantly more mature than me. Like I, like I said, like I could not even like hold a conversation because <laughs> I was just like, I, this, these topics are so like intense and serious and like smart and intelligent. And I'm just like chilling at this bar with my like Topo Chico seltzer. And I don't even know how to like contribute to this, like in a smart way. Like, you know, like I just feel out of place here. Like you should, like, I'm not old enough for him, you know? So it's just kind of interesting when you think about age and what is the right age? Is there a right age gap How and how that can vary by person based on their maturity level? And I did talk to a few people about this because I did talk to some people who were saying like, you know, age gap is fine. Like they know people that are married with like a 15 year gap, but like when should that start? Right. So I know like in Europe, maybe it's a bit different, like drinking age is 18, people are out at bars at that time, whereas in the US, like you're just starting school, drinking age is 21, there's like already a little bit of a difference there, but there's also like a maturity thing, like you're at different places in life, like when you're in school versus like starting a job, and at what point are you kind of on that same playing field? So I know in talking to some people about this, like they were saying like 25 maybe is kind of like all right, you've, you know, you've graduated. If you go to college, not everyone goes to college as well, but if you, you know, you've been in the, in the world, whether you've gone to college or not, you've been in the world for a bit, you've gotten some life experience and maybe now you're starting to mature versus like 18 and like 21 and 22 even just feels really young, but who knows? Like maybe like Rhiannon said, there's someone at that age that is like really mature and then you can, and it is okay for like a 30 year old to date them. I don't know. I think it varies, but that was something interesting, an interesting topic I wanted to resurface again. Something else too, dating in LA, I want to just recognize that I know that a lot of people, pretty or pretty much most of the people in this season on the show had similar sentiments to me about dating in LA that they didn't really connect with the city. They haven't really had luck dating here. Um, especially because pretty pretty much most people here that I interviewed were transplants. That yeah, they they kind of had similar experiences with me, just not having luck, having issues acclimating to the city, and having kind of bad dating experiences, especially compared to where they lived originally. I I did not do that on purpose. I did not purposely go out and curate people that had the same opinions as me. I think again, like from what I was saying in the beginning, I just found people that. Or I'm surrounded by people that I'm friends with, um, and that's who I'm getting on the show. So if anyone loves LA and has had a great dating experience here and wants to come talk about it, please let me know. Um, But something I I did want to talk about on that is in thinking about a lot of this further, I realized that a lot of the experiences and thoughts that we have with, you know, people in LA as a generalization are not locals, right? Because a lot of people here, and majority, I would argue, are transplants. It's people like me and others that are coming here to try something different. They want better weather. They want to be around the arts. They want to make an in TV, become a musician, 
whatever your cup of tea is. I don't know. For me, again, it was whether be around artistic people and just get a change of pace from Philadelphia. But I think the city attracts a certain type of person that because like it's a lot of people looking for this change and and looking for this entertainment industry, a lot of people also not working in nine to five jobs, which again, I was used to in some of the other East Coast cities. It, it just brings like a certain type of person that is a bit social climby, is kind of always looking for a connection, is working a lot, is doing odd jobs because a lot of them aren't here for a partner. Maybe that's something they want to do, but they're kind of looking for what's next. They're looking for something that can help in their career. They're looking for someone with a connection. And again, like what I was saying even before with the beauty stuff, like met, a lot of people here are beautiful, you know, whether or not it has to do with their makeup routine or, or getting work done. And, you know, some many are naturally beautiful as well. It's just a city that attracts that kind of person because, again, models, acting, musicians, like they all flock here. So there's just a lot of options. And when there's a lot of options and it's a big city, kind of similar to what my friends in New York have had dating qualms with, it's hard to commit. And that's when you get into the love bombing, which I talked about in season one with Heather and also the fuckboy issues that Alexis was talking about as well. So I think that's kind of where we've been having issues like with these like transplants, whereas I have a lot of friends that are LA locals. A lot of them are actually mostly men that I'm friends with, and they are nothing like the transplants. They're actually very nice. They're very chill. They actually reach out to me more than I reach out to them to like hang out like as friends. They've come down to Long Beach at times. They've like kept me up to speed on things. They've like supported me, even though I see them like once or twice a year because of the distance issue. They've actually been super cool. I mean, you know, give and take, there's those one or two exceptions, you know, every now and then as there is everywhere. But the locals are actually fine for the most part, the down to earth, like normal locals. But yeah, it's mostly like the transplants that are the issue that are coming to the city for whatever reason, you know, kind of looking for their dream. I'm not saying I'm not one of them. Like, again, like I came here for something. I just think I'm, I don't know. Maybe I'll take that back. <laughs> I came here for a certain reason too. And I've said before, like, you know, I'm trying to be more open to dating. And I think doing this podcast has helped me do that through talking with like people like Dave with all of his perspective on love and hearing stories like Jesse and her long distance story. I mean, dating in LA is pretty much a long distance love story anywhere you go. So I think in that sense, it hasn't been a priority for me, but I definitely have become more jaded here just because of the type of people. Whereas before I felt very like open and friendly and was an extrovert and I've just become introverted because of the nature of the city. Again, the distance type of people. And that's also why I work a lot on this podcast is I'm like, why bother? Like, why bother? I'd rather would sit at home and work on something I care about and work on projects than go out and talk to someone that is fake to me and probably not going to text me back because as Jack said, all oh, these guys get your number and don't respond. Some of them do text. They ghost me later, but you know, <laughs> it is what it is. But yeah, so. 
I'm trying to be more open still. I think the holidays are going to be a little bit interesting time. But yeah, I guess I'm one of those transplants too. But I would just like to think that I'm a little bit more polite because I'm a Canadian. But I guess I would love to hear what someone thinks about me (laughs) um, that I've talked to. But yeah, I think those are my comments just around the LA factor. I think also, too, another interesting theme that I noticed is money and how almost everyone that I interviewed that I talked about money with was very uncomfortable with people trying to use money in dates when it was like when it was a circumstance that they were being like flashy or trying to show off or using it as the means of the like the point of their relationship like the the main crux of their relationship so i know alexis brought this up amy spoke about this as well because amy was saying how uh, her boyfriend um, when she was living in houston he was a local used money a lot um as like a focal point of their the relationship and she kind of felt herself staying in that relationship as part of as part of that that focal point, like, you know, he pays for everything. It wasn't equal. Alexis also spoke about from like an LA perspective, how it's very flashy. She went on a date with a guy and he made it a huge point for her to like, see the car he drove, like show off the car. It was almost as if the men were trying to like buy her in a way like, oh, let me do this. Like, so I own you in, in one way or another. So there and there was a a couple other times that that this happened too with the concept of using money or other things of of someone owning a woman in the Las Vegas episode Jill and Holly spoke about the the servers and bottle girls and and those in the industry that they're basically a piece of property when they're working there they have to get permission to you know get tattoos or change their hair during the season you know, it's, it's very cutthroat. And it was just interesting to see that there was a strong negative reaction, because I think that there's this perception widely, especially in LA, but also just in general, that women want money. And they want sugar daddies, you know, they're after they're after men that are rich, they want financial security. And that's all they want. And they're looking for men that have that. And I think Dave touched on this a little bit as well. And obviously, to an extent, in a partner, you want someone that is at a similar or close to financial levels yourself because you want it to be fair. You don't want to feel like you're overly supporting someone or, you know, maybe you want to go to vacation in Cabo and that person can't pay for it and then you're stuck you feel like you're stuck paying for everything for that person all the time. That doesn't feel great unless, you know, you're that kind of person that wants to pay for everything. But I think that, again, there's just a stereotype with women that that's all that we're looking for. And in reality, we're not like I know there's a lot of jokes out there. And, my, my you know, my friends and I will even joke too, like, oh, we want a sugar daddy. We can like not work and just have someone pay for us. But like in reality, we don't want that. I don't want that. You know, on a first date, if a guy asked me out. It's nice for him to pay for me as like a gesture, but do I want him to pay for me for every single date? Absolutely not. I would honestly hate that. It would make me feel so uncomfortable if someone did that because then I would feel like 
I owe them something back. And again, I think that's kind of what happened with with Amy and why she ended up staying in her relationship so long. And now in her next relationship, it's it's more equal with finances and it's a lot better. And that's that's how my past relationships or past like dating flings or whatever um, have been as well. Just because I don't I don't like feeling like I owe someone something. And yeah, it's again, like it's nice to be taken out every once in a while or get a gift. But I, I return the favor. Again, this is me personally, but I, I don't know. It's just, I don't like it. I just don't like it. It's, you know, like it's, again, it's nice to have someone that can pay for a thing for you and, and offer you something nice, but just not when it's all the time. Like I just, it just makes me uncomfortable. Um, and it was interesting to hear that there were other people in their respective areas that also shared that sentiment. One of the things I found the most interesting so far in season two is the topic of distance. And I know related to LA, I've probably beat it with a dead horse so far, but I found it ironic that people in other cities didn't find it as much as of a barrier. And what I mean by that is with people I've talked to, so Robin in Scottsdale, Brittany Milwaukee with her relationship with Dave in Chicago, Jesse, who was in a long distance relationship. There were a lot of people I talked to that were looking elsewhere outside of their cities to find a partner and were willing to do what it took to maintain those relationships. So Whereas in LA, distance is one of the biggest barriers to finding someone, maintaining a relationship. People don't really want to go outside of their area. They don't want to deal with traffic. I think a lot of that is a mindset thing. And just, you know, if you're in your car commuting, given times are a bit different now for some with the pandemic, you don't then want to add extra time outside of that when you're trying to date someone. Whereas, for example, with Robin, She's living in Scottsdale, but even going to Phoenix, which still close, but still outside of her area, just because she likes those type of guys and was even going so far as to change her location to LA in California um, and was meeting guys in different states. Jesse, you know, met a guy passing through her area, but then maintained a long distance relationship with him. Um, Brittany met Dave, I think originally in Miami, but you know, she was living in Milwaukee, he was in Chicago, and she eventually moved with him to Chicago. But for a while, they were doing a bit of long distance there too. So I just found it interesting that there were people willing to look elsewhere to find what they were looking for. Whereas here, and even, you know, in some other places, like I know the Denises were saying in Hawaii, you know, distance and traffic was a barrier. In Houston, Amy and I were talking um, after the show, and that was a barrier too. People tend to stay in their location, but there were quite a few people that I talked to throughout the season that were willing to go outside their area. Even Annika up in, in Canada was doing it too. Rhiannon drive across the border to Switzerland to find what they're looking for. So I think it's interesting that we're at the d- the day and age where you might not be confined to your location to look for a partner. And I think location and the types of people that you get in those locations based on, you know, who grew up there or the type of people that they attract, like we just talked about with LA, can really play into your relationships. For example, LA, it's a city that attracts people for certain jobs. Same with Houston, same with other places as well, but that might not necessarily be indicative of 
someone that you might want to date. So people might be forced to look elsewhere and, and you take it from there. So I thought that was something really interesting that I learned so far throughout the season. My final topic is dating apps and I quit <laughs> to make my mindset more positive, actually, because listen, I have tried. I have really, really tried with these dating apps. I have tried to be open. I have tried sending messages on Bumble. I have tried on Hinge. I even tried back on Tinder and they just do not work for me. I just, I just can't do it. I get no responses on Bumble all the time, or I'll get like the classic one message. So I'm in their queue and then they don't respond to me ever again. Or I just get like stupid responses, like one word answers, the conversation never leads anywhere, or I just don't see it for like a week because I get like really busy and forget to check it. Cause it's just another app on my phone. I sound like a boomer. And then it's like too late and they're like pissy or they un or I wait one day and then they unmatch me. It's just like petty. Like I just can't. It's too much. And now I mean, of course, there's another freaking variant out. But with with things like hopefully staying open and like people getting vaccinated and boosters and and whatever, like things hopefully getting figured out a little bit more than they were before. Like I'm really hoping that like the real life thing, meaning naturally me being old school, like I talked about with Mike, his episode and a bit of Rhiannon. I really hope that that will work out for me. I know that the dating apps worked out for like many people, actually quite a few people that I interviewed, which great for them. Love that for them. So stoked that that worked out for them. I just can't, I just can't do it. It just does not work for me. I don't know why. It's honestly probably partly me. I'm sure I could be more engaging. I'm sure my messages could be better. I'm sure I could respond quicker. I just, I'm not good with texting. Like I'm online for work all day. I'm typing and messaging people all day. The last thing I want to do is then on top of trying to keep up with my friends on the East Coast, the West Coast and Europe, (laughs) which I've interviewed, then go on these dating apps with people I don't know. I don't know if they're catfishing me. And try to have a conversation with them and then plan a date an hour plus away, most likely. I just cannot do it. (laughs) So really hoping the real life thing or the mutual connection thing will figure itself out. And you know what? Maybe one day I will be back on the apps. I consistently delete them and get them back. But I think for now, they're still on my phone. I really have not used them. I might probably delete them soon, but they're just not for me. I think, again, for others, great. I'm really just going to try to meet people out in the wild. I think those were all of the main things that I wanted to talk about. Again, I definitely encourage all of you, if you have not already, to listen to all the episodes. We talk about a lot of different things, and everyone brings their own unique perspective to dating, especially, you know, obviously within their different city. And each episode's different, right? Like some are more educational, some are more comedic and story-based, some are a mix. And again, tell me what you like. Tell me what you don't like. Um, Tell me what you want to see in season two for the second half. Let me know. But yeah, that is all I've got. Those are all of my reflections. But anyways, thank you again all for listening and for all of your support. It means so much to me. I truly mean that. I really do. And thank you and have an amazing holiday season and see you all in 2022.
like to thank everyone that's helped make this podcast possible, specifically Kayla McNulty that helped create the podcast, Ray Zaragoza, The Kid Inside, Allie Bernstein, Maggie DeBerardine, and Lindsay Weiner that all helped contribute in some sort of way. You can find us on Instagram at swipeyswipewest. Send us a DM with any questions, comments, suggestions. Thank you all again for listening. Have a great rest of your week.